Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. My gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. I am so excited for this episode. It's something I've been looking forward to for a long time. And I haven't actually told Mike this yet, but he's actually my first, really my first cab off the ranks. So uh, for this type of episode, it's a new type of episode where I bring back a guest, a guest I've had before. And instead of talking about their story, which is often where we start in episode one, um, this is going to be a chance to really dig deeper into something that they're really passionate about. So um, Michael Lubelfeld is our uh, is our guest today. Mike, welcome to the podcast again. John, it is so great to be here and um, really excited to talk with you right now. So anyone listening, if you if you haven't listened to the first episode I did with Mike, I would highly recommend you go and check it out. It's episode 24 uh, of the Leadership Conversations podcast. But um, where by, by the time this is published, I'm expecting in terms of our, um, our timing, we're going to be about 200 episodes later. So as of recording this, we've published 222. So it's going to be pretty close to 200 episodes later. So it's, um, it's really exciting to have you back. And um, just give us a bit of a reminder, Mike, of, of what you do, what organization um, you serve, and, and just a, a quick overview of what you do in your role, I guess. Sounds great. All right, Jono. Happy to be here 200 episodes later. Thank you so much. So I am a public schools superintendent in um, a city called Highland Park, Illinois. We're about 25 miles north of Chicago, Illinois. And um, the school district I serve has uh, roughly 4,000 students ages 3 to 14 or grades pre-K or 3K up to grade eight. It's an elementary school district. We've got about 600 employees, uh, 400 of them are teachers. Pretty cool community. Geographically, we're about 13 square miles and we're on the shores of Lake Michigan. Been a public school educator for the better part of the last uh, 30 plus years. And this is my 14th consecutive year as a school superintendent, sixth year in North Shore School District 112. Awesome. Thank you for the overview and thank you for the work you do. I, I uh, definitely think when you boil down any problem in the world and look at solutions, education, uh, in my experience, seems to always be right at the top. And uh, and so it is truly one of the keys to making the world a better place. And, and so very thankful for people like you who are doing what you do. Um, today, we're going to talk about leadership development. And, it, and Mike, um, 
we were chatting before we uh, before we started recording, and I, I wanted you to give me a bit of a uh, an overview of what we're going to be talking about today. But for me, the thing that I'm I've taken away from it so far, and that I'm excited for our listeners to to get a chance to to dig to dig into, is really this idea of formal and informal leadership development and conversations. And what I love about how you work and, and people will get to hear um, some of the structures you have in place with your leaders is that you do both really well. And I see a lot of organizations that don't do either well. They don't do formal leadership development and, and conversations about performance. And they also don't do the informal. You do both. And I love the frameworks you use for that. So um, I guess uh, right off the bat, can you give us a bit of a an introduction to how you facilitate uh, formal, informal leadership development in your organization, which um, is not a simple organization. There's a lot of leaders in different locations. And uh, yeah, just start off with a quick overview and then we'll uh, we'll dig into it a bit deeper. I sure will. So, Jono, we have nine schools. Uh, seven of them serve children in grades pre-K or K through grade five, and two of them are middle schools. And at the school level, we've got about 18 or 19 administrators, associate principals or vice principals and principals. In addition, at the senior staff level, besides myself, I've got a deputy superintendent, three assistant superintendents, um, probably four directors and a few coordinators. So we've got a leadership team of just over 30 people doing a whole bunch of, of different um different tasks. We also range in experience chronologically in the role from year one to, you know, year 14, um, uh, in my case of consecutive years in a particular role. So we're all over the place in terms of age and in terms of career. So what we do is we've got either what I'll call the informal, the coaching conversations, which we'll dive into a little bit. Uh, that's a, a quarterly or at least three times a year, one-on-one. -on -one. We also have the, the PLN or the Professional Learning Network. And I'll, I'll tip my hat to Deputy Superintendent Monica Schrader, who brought that back from a, um, a networking experience where we actually meet with groups of principals and associate principals on, on a formal structured basis. Um, and we also do a bit of onboarding. So that's the, the, the broader overview. Yeah, thank you. And I can't wait to dig into each of those pieces. And I know there'll be people listening who are going, come on, Jono, ask about how exactly they do that, because I've got a team. And if I can take something from today and go and apply it, um, I will. So we will get into that. Um, thanks for the overview. I, I guess there are so many things you could be doing in a, in a uh, you know, in an education setting, so many variables, so many stakeholders. Why, why is um, informal and the formal performance and leadership development. Why is that so important to you and, and such a priority for you as a leader? So I really appreciate that question. So let's look at what the mission is of the particular role. So when you're a teacher, the most important role in education is the teacher. Obviously, she or he has the greatest single impact on a child's learning, growth, and development uh, and being. Well, second to the teacher is the principal or the building administrator. And that's, you know, from Marzano's studies over the years and Hattie's mm. um, findings and all of that, you know, it's been validated. So if the principal has such a significant role and there's only a few of them, and there's that scarcity of, of human resource, as a superintendent and central office team, our whole being 
is designed to help make sure that teachers are able to create environments where students can thrive and be safe physically, mentally, and, and so on. Well, the main constituency that we in the central office have are the building administrators. So if we can coach, support, and guide, and be, be there for our principals and associate principals, we can almost be guaranteed that they, in turn, will be there for the teachers and the educational support staff at the school level who will then in turn be there for the students. So we will actually be fulfilling our mission, vision, value, and goals. And, and I take it so seriously and my central team takes it so seriously that we're there for the schools, but also, Jono, we're there for each other and we do mm. some degree of coaching and onboarding with one another to keep our own leadership saws sharp as you know as covey would suggest yeah so good and i love the explanation of particularly for a lot of our listeners who aren't educators that um, like you said the teacher and then the principal and the importance in terms of student outcomes of a principal who is um, healthy and leading healthily and and supported and um and developing and and there's so many angles to that uh, let's jump into wh which piece of your kind of framework the formal informal do you want to start with and, and, and we can unpack it can i share an anecdote with you with an actual real principal who i'm starting this process with he's in his first year as principal oh beautiful go for it Okay, so I'm going to tip my hat to Louie. All right, Louie, if you're listening, this is about you, buddy. So Louie is a first-year principal in the district, and I have fortunately been assigned to be his onboarding administrator. So the whole coaching and development has multiple layers. So we do some onboarding. So after week one, week three, and week 12, or thereabouts, you know, based on schedules, Louie and I start our professional relationship with structured dialogue and conversation. Now, Jono, we don't restrict ourselves only to the script or to the, the questions for week one, week three, week 12, for example. We also have the opportunity for he and I to build a professional relationship with one another. I can learn about his young baby. He can learn about uh, my travels with my son, so on and so forth. So we're building our relationship while also going over issues such as very specifically, how can I best communicate with you as the superintendent? And conversely, what is it that you perceive your role, in this case, principal, to be? And he and I are able to have these dialogues. After the onboarding, he and I will graduate into structured coaching, which is part of the informal development. So we onboard, we get them in, make sure they're off to a strong start, support and equip. We then start to continue to build our relationship, and then the coaching will happen quarterly or at least three times a year. We'll carve out a 30 to 40-minute conversation. I'll ask very direct, specific questions, and we'll continue to develop our relationship. So that's the onboarding that evolves into coaching. And that would be what I would call informal, even though some of the listeners may say, gosh, that sounds pretty structured <laughs> or pretty formal. So what makes it informal? Uh, what makes it informal is the um, ad lib conversations. What makes it informal is each of us are in a different place 
in July, August, September, uh, for example. Each of us mm. has just experienced a different conference or a trip or we had a, a situation that day, or it could be something as discreet and mundane as where the heck is the climbing wall for our gymnasium? <laughs> so <laughs> the informality is the blending of the, the syntax of the questioning, but really that just talking, just two people talking and getting to know one another and creating that comfort space that really can transcend role and can transcend um, position. And, and there's no positional authority, so to speak. It's just two people. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for a listener who is has struggled to do informal, like that maybe they've done the formal really well, like the performance, the official meetings and, um, and reports on a person's performance that they're leading. But this idea of the informal, uh, just two people talking is new. How do you, how do you make sure that, um, like for you, how do you set it up for a win when you're having these conversations um, and doing this coaching and onboarding for the informal? How do you set it up so that it's different to the formal and, and that it's set up for success? Well, part of it is is genuinely listening to the other person. I know that sounds overly simple, and I swear it's really not. It's that whole, I'm not listening to download and respond. I'm actually listening because I'm interested to hear what is on their mind. And then I pause and I, I open my ears and I really, truly listen. And I also create the conditions or the environment where I share a little bit about myself and I open up almost even vulnerably just sharing some of my own thoughts, feelings, experiences, mm -hmm. really to humanize, in my case, my role. Because as a superintendent, I'm one of one. And um, especially with, with newer administrators, I never want them intimidated by the position. I simply have a job that's different than theirs. So part of it um, is just be human and really listen to them and genuinely listen and ask clarifying questions and be open and authentic about who you are. And it literally is about building that personal relationship in a professional space. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so in terms of the nitty gritty, because I can imagine people with a, a pen and paper, you know, kind of writing down uh, this idea of the, I love the onboarding and then, and then switching to the coaching. So a um, couple of questions with that onboarding. Can you just clarify again how long you spend together and how often? And is that is that face to face or virtual? So I'm doing face to face unless we absolutely can't. So especially in the summer before students have arrived, we absolutely are doing face to face, and it's even better because I make every effort to go to their office and get out of my uh, my office. During the school year, sometimes we're just slammed with, you know, the, the pressures of the day and we've got to do a Zoom or a FaceTime, which isn't horrible, but the preference is face-to-face. -face. Um, and the preference for me is to go to their spot. In addition, if you're not working with a, a human capital management consultant or a life coach or executive coach and you really don't know where to start, you can simply look at someone's job description and start to articulate and talk about what's really highly technical and something that's quite honestly hardly ever looked at and simply start talking about their role and conversations like Jono, how do you perceive your role as you know fill in the blank mm -hmm. and and how was your last week talk to me about highlights of last week and you literally start and then you build that up as you go forward and, and with the onboarding, how often, um, how regularly are you meeting? Because it's more regularly in the onboarding phase. 
So it's a combination. It can simply be every two weeks if that's a tempo that your schedules permit, or we've got a week one, then week three, which would be two weeks, and then week 12, you kind of let, you know, four or six or eight weeks go by. Um, what Louie and I are making an effort to do is to meet every three weeks because for us that seems to make sense. And I simply in, in, in embed questions that we've established as a senior leadership team. And then I do the informal conversation and relationship building. So we actually met today and I asked him to set up a time for us to meet in two to three weeks because our students are coming back um, in two weeks. So it'll be a nice check-in. Yeah, perfect. And so you have these these check-ins. I, I think um, a question that pops into my head is uh, why did you decide to be the person um, partnered with Louis? And and just checking as well. Uh, so you're, Louis in a position that's on the leadership team with you. Is that right? Yeah, so Louis is a middle school principal. I do not supervise or evaluate him. He's an administrator um, sort of on the team. And, and he's, he's someone obviously very important to the organization. I was assigned to be his onboarding administrator. So I think uh. I got lucky. I hope he thinks that. <laughs> um, so Louie is, is the one I'm onboarding. And then I'll continue coaching. But I have um, three principals and an assistant principal who are also on the team who I'm not onboarding, but they're what I'm called, they're, they're in my PLN and I'm actually formally supervising or observing them and yes. they're on the PLN, so I'm formally coaching them. Yeah, so for, for those um, trying to get their head around um, your structure, and that's like why I find it so interesting with schools, it's so, such a time poor um, industry. So Louis isn't, doesn't sit in the leadership team meeting that you run um, in terms of your, he's not in a position on that leadership team. This is actually something you've you've created organizationally where you are assigned to onboard him. Is that is that right? Yeah, he's on the greater leadership team, but he's not the senior staff. The senior staff is yes. myself and the deputy soup, assistant soups, and 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 uh, director. Um, Louis on the principal team and he's on the leadership team, but then I'm actually assigned to supervise or evaluate three principals and um, that's a different group. So we, I, I really have to give a ton of credit to Dr. Schrader, our deputy superintendent who organizes all this for us. She yeah. assigns me, her, and the um, two of the assistant superintendents. So together we cover all of the uh, administrators. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you for clarifying that. I think I, I wanted to, <laughs> and excuse my ignorance, Louis, if you're, if you're listening to this in terms of understanding, but it, it is very significant that you are choosing to spend so much um, time with someone who's not a direct report. And I think that's a key takeaway for a lot of uh, a lot of listeners. I see a lot of leaders who um, who get stuck in the structure and feel like uh, you know, they have to, they almost, um, you know, it's like talk to your direct report, you shouldn't need to talk to me. And I understand where that can come from. But what I love about your approach is um, you're getting a chance when you meet with Louis to get closer to the ground than you do in, in Mike's everyday work with the people that you're um, directly leading. And it gives Louis access to you, um, which um, someone in that role wouldn't normally have um, as much direct access. They're both wins. Um, there's so many wins in, in doing it that way. 
a question that comes to mind is how do you manage Mike being, and you've kind of already answered this, but I, I want to ask again, being the superintendent, but then coming in and being two people um, just talking, have you found that that's, um, that, that can be tricky for you or like, like I can imagine a, a listener going, yeah, but I'm the, I'm the CEO. How do I meet with someone who maybe they report to one of the people in my team without feeling like it, it muddies the reporting lines? Oh my God, such a great question. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it really can be awkward. And my, my biggest regret is I don't have enough time to cultivate the same depth of relationship and closeness with everybody on the leadership team, because I would love to, you know what I mean? Um, what this does is it allows me to flatten the role um, individual by individual. And what I'm hoping to do is pay it forward so that he can do the same thing either in his subset of the leadership team with his own um, you know, school leadership team and so on and so forth. And I can also model it. And when you've got me, the deputy soup, and two of the assistant soups doing this with individuals and a few others doing it, we're, we're getting critical mass, John, and we're trying to do it with a few people on the team. And so every year, maybe we do a few more. But to directly answer your question, it absolutely is different and awkward at first. And he and I work at it simply to make sure that we create those conditions or that environment um, that simply allows for it. And we just, we build that, that authentic human relationship, like two friends having a cup of coffee. And that really does help avoid some of the weirdness of the particular role, you know, or, or in the military of the insignia on someone's, um, you know, uniform or in the corporate world, who's got a C-suite and who doesn't. It really yeah. aims to flatten that and just simply create that relationship, knowing you can't do it with everybody, but knowing that you want to. Yeah, yeah, well answered. And and I think, um, I, I think it's a challenge I'd love to give to leaders out there who, if you're only spending time with the people in the team that you directly lead, then how can you increase your, your influence and and flatten some of that by thinking about who who are some of the people that like you said you can't get to everyone all the time but who could you get alongside and the onboarding and and then coaching it's a great framework um let's jump into pln so tell us about this this is the more formal side of leadership development all right, so this is a huge uh, hat tip and shout out to Dr. Monica Schrader. She's deputy superintendent of schools. She and I have been working together six consecutive years, and we worked together for many years prior. Um, she's awesome. So she went to a uh, national principal supervisor cohort uh, leadership development program with the AASA a couple years back, and one of the takeaways, one of the many takeaways, was this PLN, where you, as the supervisor, really take evaluation to a far better level and a far more meaningful level than simply judgment and perfunctory compliance. And you take it to almost uh, like an existential experience between the evaluation and judgment of your direct reports, but also helping them improve in a non-threatening way. So in the PLN, Monica leads it for all of us. Uh, she is actually uh, Louis PLN a leader, just to, to, you know, to put that in context. And mm. I'm leading uh, three of the elementary schools, and these are three principals, and one one of the associate principals are part of the PLN. So number one, I get to build a relationship with them 
Um, you know, just like with Louie, where I have more access to them, they have more access to me. Uh, two, we meet at, at a prescribed time uh, twice a month when we can or once a month. So again, it depends during the school year. It's either once a month or twice a month. We meet for about an hour or so, and you know, we adhere to our, our, our agenda times. And the agenda really allows me as the uh, leader to create the conditions where they, as the leaders in the PLN, can learn from one another through our practices. I'll give you a concrete example. One of the big pushes in our school district is for the principals and associate principals to walk through classrooms, um, not again, not focused only on evaluation or judgment, but really in this whole overarching coaching realm to walk through teachers' classrooms, random times, natural environment, natural experiences, and they're looking for precise um, uh, activities. For example, in Marzano's instructional framework, they're looking for element one, which is going to be, do the, can the students articulate what it is they're supposed to be learning, for example? And is there evidence that an observer can see um, procedures and rules and, and people know what, what's going on? It's an orderly environment. And over and over and over again, when principals and associate principals do a five to six minute walkthrough focusing on elements one and 33, they then give feedback to the teacher. And the feedback is professional dialogue. Again, you're seeing some great parallels between onboarding, coaching, PLN, and then what the principals do in, with their teachers. So in the PLN, for example, we can hold each other accountable. So how many walkthroughs were you able to do this week? It's not a judgment zone. It's an honest zone. What were the impediments? How did you make it work? What are some of your tips and tricks? Then how did the teachers react to your feedback? Talk to us. Example, what feedback did you give? How do you give feedback when something is good? And how you, do you give feedback when someone needs a little bit of guidance and advice? Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, what I love most about um, what you just shared is you talked about accountability. And I think um, for a lot of leaders, it's, it can become an ugly word that uh, you kind of, uh, you shiver it a little bit when you hear it because you think, oh, that's going to be. Um, but uh, I love the idea in the four disciplines of execution that they talk about the cadence of accountability. And it sounds like such a uh, mystical, you know, the cadence of accountability. But when they explain it, it's, it's basically saying, as human beings, if I verbally commit to something, and then next time we meet, if you uh, verbally ask me how I did with that, and I have to report back on whether I did it, um, it's it's pretty simple. How many times in a row? So with the walkthroughs is a great example. It's it's not a judgment zone, but when you create that cadence of accountability, what you're saying is, hey, how many did you do? How did you go? And when they say I did this many, but you know that um, you know, and they say, oh, look, I'm I'm really hoping to to actually increase that uh, because it it really should be higher next time. You create that cadence of accountability, even if there's no consequence from that conversation. As human beings, there's nothing worse than having to front up <laughs> and say, you know what, I said I was going to do 10, but I, d I did eight. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's a real superpower if leaders can realize 
um, and, and it's and it's such a it's it's then easy to have that posture of hey how did you go and and, and um, what um, what's your goal for for next time in terms of, there's different ways you can set it up but just having that conversation in a team setting it's even more powerful where people say well yeah this is what I'm going to to try for by the time we meet in two weeks or a month and then when you meet again saying how did you go over the last month how many did you end up doing creates this cadence of accountability um and and i've seen it work and it's it's one of those things that it's like a lever that is not that hard to pull but has a massive influence and can really help people to follow through and and uh even change behavior oh my god you said it beautifully that's uh amen i'll just uh absolutely you said it beautifully so with PLNs, if we jump outside the education sector and there's a leader, let's say uh, they are in middle management, they're at a big company, there's 10,000 staff um, and they're at, uh, you know, in a particular area of the country and they're in middle management and there's, uh, they lead a team of, you know, there's, uh, there's seven people on their team, but each of those seven people also have their own teams. Someone in that kind of, in that kind of role, what might the PLN kind of um, look like in that more corporate structure for someone who's not in C-suite but is in middle management? You know, I, I know I'm just asking you this off the top of your head, but how might they apply sure. that the same principles? Well, instead of calling it a coaching conversation, it could be a strategic quarterly review. So we can we can suggest that they've got to accomplish something every quarter of, of the year, whether it's profits, whether it's production, whether it's research, you know what I mean, whatever it may be. And they can start by having their own strategic quarterly review with the seven colleagues. What are they doing with their respective team members to actually check on their accountability that isn't simply the annual review. The annual review in our world, we'd call it summative. This would be more like getting formative, ongoing assessments as to what's going on in the company. Are we meeting our strategic goals and objectives? I absolutely think it transfers and I appreciate the question very much. And for a listener who has really you know, he's thinking, I need to rewind this and listen to what Mike said about the, the two types of leadership development because they want to go and apply this. What would your advice be for both the the um, the informal with the onboarding and, and the coaching and the, and the more formalized um, PLN if, if they want to get started? And they don't have anything like this in place at the moment, but they, they, want, to, they want to implement it in their team or in their organization where you know if you were sitting across from them right now and they said where should i start what advice would you give them okay Jono, i would say let's look at the informal coaching conversations as being 15 to 20 minutes really a nice check-in so it's clearly quite doable and it can even be stand up whereas the pln is a you know formal meeting you've got about an hour and you've got an agenda i would say look it we selected you or someone selected you. So you showed up here at the company. Or you showed up here in the organization. What are your top talents? And how do you know? Just start it by asking them to look within themselves. What are their talents? What are they good at? What are their interests? What are their strengths? And then what are their hobbies if they have them outside of work? Or what, what hobbies would they have? And again, you start really small, focus on them, focus on what they think they're good at or what their perceptions are, talk about some of their interests, talk a little bit about their own values and clearly understanding this is a two-way conversation where there's going to be listening and there's going to be sharing. 
and literally start it there and the orientation could be they're selected. Now you want to support and equip them to make sure that they're very comfortable here at work and they've got a sense of belonging and that if they need certain information, for example, they either know how to get it or they're going to ask you to help them get it for them. Yeah, that's so good. And and I think I've got a challenge for listeners um, who you, you're feeling challenged by what Mike shared, but you're not sure where to start. I think Mike just said something really powerful. And my challenge would be how, uh, when was the last time you had a conversation with the people that you lead about their top talents that's separate to the work they're doing? That's more like, what are your top talents? Yes, this is your role description, but help me understand what are your strengths? Um, my encouragement would be if you haven't done that in a while, then go and have that conversation. Or maybe some people have never done that. And that can be such a great starting point um, to, to build on. Uh, so, Mike, as we wrap up, did you have any final thoughts uh, on, on the topic? Yeah, I'll say development of the current staff and leadership and development for the next phase and the future of leadership is possibly the absolute most important tasks, roles, or dues that, that I actually accomplish in my particular role right now. I would say the development of others may be the most important work that I do as a leader. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well said. And for those who want to uh, connect with you or find out more about you, wh where can people find you online, Mike? So I've got a blog. It's mikelubelfeld.edublogs.org. Um, so it's Mike, L-U-B-E-L-F-E-L-D dot E-D-U-B-L-O-G-S uh, dot org. And I'm at Mike Lubelfeld on Twitter. And I'd love to connect. Please reach out. I would love to connect. And for those who um, are going to rewind and listen again and just love your content, um, just before we wrap up, I always love, you know, when someone writes a book, um, as, as, you know, as an author myself, I know that it's usually <laughs> um, you only write it because it's something you're super passionate about. And, and in my experience, it was like, I just have to write this down because it's come up so often. So um, just tell us a little bit about your uh, book and where people can get that if they're interested. Thank you so much. So I do have an Amazon author page, and I'm really proud that together with Nick Poliak and PJ Capozzi, other superintendents here in Illinois, we have written a couple of books, The Unlearning Leader, Student Voice, The Unfinished Leader, and out in January 2024, The Unfinished Teacher, Becoming the Next Version of Yourself. Yeah, multiple books to go and check out. Go and find Mike on Amazon. Um, I'm just uh, just want to say a massive thank you for for giving your time, Mike. Uh, I, I as you were talking a few times, I thought, you know what, this is one of those conversations where if I'm a leader and I've got a team and I just, oh, how do I take them to the next level? How do I take leadership development in my organization to the next level? It's some of the things you said, are, you know, those moments where I would go and rewind and, and listen again, because the way you just articulated, you know, um, this is why you do it. This is how you do it. Step one, you know, have asked these questions. It was just so practical and, um, and it's, it's been such a joy. So thank you so much for coming back. And uh, after episode 24, it's been wonderful to have you uh, have you back a couple of hundred episodes later. Thank you. 
Jono, I love the work you do. I'm grateful to you. And I love the fact that we could literally be on different sides of the world and it's as if we're in the same room. So thank you for the great work. And I'm really humbled and proud to be uh, 24 and 220 something. Thank you, my friend. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.